find an increasing number of godly models who can encourage women to handle and communicate God's Word with clarity and humble strength in all the contexts of our lives. The 2012 conference was full of the live encouragement of women to this end. May this book extend that encouragement into many far corners of the Church. We said repeatedly that the 2012 conference was for women, but not all about women. The conference was about our God, who reveals Himself in His Word and redeems His people through His Son. The final and most important point, then, is the goal of this biblical teaching, to exalt the Lord God of the Scriptures. That is what we hope for this collection of talks and for the reflection or discussion questions that follow each one. As we take in the Word, by the Spirit, may God be glorified. Kathleen B. Nielsen, Director of Women's Initiatives, The Gospel Coalition. D.A. Carson, President, The Gospel Coalition. Chapter 1 On the Mountain The Terrifying and Beckoning God Exodus Chapter 19 by Tim Keller Since I was the first plenary speaker, I should say something about the gathering itself. We gathered to connect women who hear and do Bible exposition. TGC did not bring women together to talk and think about women, but to talk and think about God. Every culture of the world, by God's common grace, has its particular glories and tends to be attentive to and aware of things in Scripture that at least some of the other cultures don't see. They bring their various exegetical riches and theological understanding of the infallible Word of God to the whole church, and that enriches the whole church. That must also be true of both genders. For women to come together to hear and do Bible exposition certainly enriches all those gathered, and it will enrich the whole church. We're considering together the theme, Here is Our God looking into passages where God reveals Himself in spectacular ways to His people. Exodus 19 is a great place to start. It's an important chapter. So important that several key New Testament texts refer directly to it. For example, Hebrews 12 and 1 Peter 2. In Exodus 19, Moses and Israel come to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. Chapter 19 does not contain the Ten Commandments but it sets them up. The passage divides into three basic sections. 1. The history and order of grace. Chapter 19, verses 1-8. through 8. 2. The terrifying and beckoning God. Chapter 19, verses 9-19. through 19. And 3. The going down of Moses. Chapter 19, verses 20-25. to 25. 1. The history and order of grace. Exodus 19, 1-8 The History of Grace The first couple of verses tell us something about the history of grace. Alec Modier makes a good observation concerning these first two verses. You wouldn't think of this unless you were a biblical scholar who keeps a map in his head as he is reading. He says that God and Moses basically told the Israelites, Trust us. We're going to take you to the promised land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. To Palestine. And the children of Israel trusted them. But Sinai is farther away from the promised land than Egypt. Sinai is actually south, 
So God led them almost in the opposite direction from where He said He was going to lead them. They were supposed to go to a land flowing with milk and honey, yet God took them to a desert, a mountainous desert. Verse 2. The land was far worse than Egypt, and that's where God met them. It is often so. You give your life to Jesus and say, I'm putting everything into your hands. I'm trusting you with my whole life. And then you watch things go downhill from there. Weeks later, months later, a couple of years later, you ask, what happened? I gave myself to him. I trusted him. And everything is getting worse and worse. If you admit it, you are farther away from the things you had hoped God would give you. You think, I gave God everything. Surely He'd give me this and this and this, you know, if He wants to. God seems to be taking you in an opposite direction. So often,